So whatever your preferred camera, I really think it's worth knowing how to get the best out of your smartphone as well because there's gonna be times when it's the only camera you've got with you. Smartphone cameras are pretty simple, but there are still quite a lot of sneaky little tricks you can use to make the most of them. I've taught some of these tricks at workshops where even Apple employees have come up to me afterwards and been like, I didn't know you could do that. So don't make the mistake of assuming you necessarily already know it all. As some of you know, I am a really big fan of my iPhone. I use it for about 95% of the pictures you see on my Instagram. So you're going to hear now my essential tips for getting the most out of your iPhone or equivalent smartphone camera. So basic settings that I always recommend, make sure your flash is turned off. Turn on your grid lines, which you can do on an iPhone. It's under settings, photo and camera and grid. These help you compose with straight symmetrical lines, which we will talk about later why it's super important for Instagram. Every phone should have a quick access method for you to get your camera up and ready without having to necessarily unlock and find the app. So get into the habit of opening the camera that way. Get it into your muscle memory so that you're able to do it automatically at a second's notice. I find it's often the difference between capturing that dream shot and missing it by a fraction of a second and kicking yourself. So the more you can practice that, the better it will be. So manual controls for your phone camera means that you can set your focus, which is what the camera is looking at, and the exposure, which is how your camera is adjusting its light levels to see. And it gives you the most control and the best results. Your phone will try and do this automatically by default, but doing it yourself will always give you better control, especially if you're in a situation where the light is a bit unpredictable. So to use it, just compose as normal and tap the subject of your photo on the screen and you'll notice a box appears. And everything within that box area will be bright and visible and sharp. It's going to expose for what is in that box. If you tap different areas of the scene, you'll start to see different results, especially if there's a lot of contrast in the image. So if you imagine me shooting one of my window pictures, if I tap the window, everything outside of the window is exposed right and we get the light. If I tap inside the room, maybe where the curtains are to the side of the window, then everything brightens up a ton so that you can see the inside of the room more clearly and the stuff outside the window becomes overly bright and overexposed. If you've got a scene like that and it's moving or it's liable to change, maybe someone's coming and going or the light outside keeps changing, you can hold down for a second or two on that focus box wherever you want to set it and you'll trigger something called the AEAF lock, which is auto exposure and auto focus lock. That locks in the setting until you change it or until you close the camera app so that whatever happens, it's shooting exactly the same. There are also quite a few apps you can get which allow you to set the focus and the exposure separately instead of in that one box together. But a lot of the time, it's enough to have that control. Now, after you've set that focus square, you can still go on to tweak the exposure a little bit more to get exactly the shot you want. So on iPhone, if you set your yellow box to where you want it, then once it's set, you can swipe up or down where you see the sunshine icon. And that's your exposure control. There's some pictures and screenshots in the course notes if this is a bit difficult to follow verbally. Basically, you can swipe down and it'll make it darker you can swipe upwards and it'll brighten the scene generally I recommend slightly erring on the side of underexposed with smartphones which guarantees that you capture all the details and shadows it's much easier to lift the exposure if necessary later on in one of the editing apps I'm going to recommend but if the picture is overexposed that detail is just not recorded and nothing you do can put it back in the iPhone camera works best in soft, natural light, so always optimize any you have available to you. Turn off any artificial lights, turn off the overhead light bulbs. If it's a really sunny day, try shooting directly towards the light and see all the lens flares you get. The iPhone handles that really beautifully and creates some really lovely moods. 
One of the really common things we see when people shoot with their phones is we end up with accidental angles and maybe perspective changes that we didn't intentionally put into the phone. And this is because it's really easy to accidentally tilt your phone a little bit in one direction or another and change the way the shot comes out. So whenever you're photographing anything, but especially anything with horizontal or vertical lines, so like a horizon or a building or a person, then you want to line up the shot against those. That's why I recommend turning on those grid lines. Then you're able to look at the straight lines on your screen and make sure they match. On the iPhone, if you tilt it downwards, so like you're taking a flat lay, anything facing down, you'll see a plus icon also appears in the middle of the grid lines. There's a white version, there's a yellow version, and the aim is to line the two up. When you have the two completely lined up, that means your phone is completely flat and you're getting a really accurate downward shot. When they're not lined up, it's an interesting thing to experiment with because you start to get distortion, you get different angles, you get a different shot to the one you're aiming for. And actually the same applies, although the plus icon doesn't appear whenever we're shooting horizontally as well. So whenever you're shooting, try and think about getting at eye level with whatever the subject is and holding your phone straight so it's parallel to the scene. Try and avoid tilting it towards the subject unless that's something you intentionally want to be doing. And don't forget to consider where the lens is sighted on your phone as well. So for most of us, it's on the top right-hand corner. It's not in the center like it would be on a traditional camera. If you're shooting in lower light levels, it can be especially tricky to get a clear shot, especially if your subject is moving. So try using the burst mode if you haven't already. You can normally just hold down the on-screen shutter and it'll take a ton of pictures in rapid succession without you needing to adjust anything in between. Much faster than you can take them individually by you just tapping the shutter release. It's perfect for things like kids, for animals on the run, for like windy photographs, anything where you want to be able to choose the perfect frame of something that keeps on changing. HDR or high dynamic range is a built-in tool designed to improve the exposure in your phone photographs. The idea is you use it when you're shooting a high contrast scene, like the window I described a moment ago, and where you want both the foreground and the background to be evenly exposed. HDR is trying to capture more detail and colour in both of the areas and the way it does that is it takes a range of photographs at different exposures, chooses the best bits of each and then automatically combines them with magic AI technology. Because it's an automated process, I would say it tends to have variable results and sometimes it's absolutely spot on and it can completely save a photograph. Other times it might look a bit strange, it might look a bit unrealistic and you decide that actually you want to go back to a manually controlled shot you took yourself. You can turn it off or on in your iPhone camera app, you just need to tap HDR. But if you're going to use it, I would always recommend going into settings and photos and camera and there's a setting there called keep normal photo which means whenever your phone does take a HDR and combines all those pictures, it also keeps the individual frames it took so that you can choose from those as well. iPhone have fairly recently introduced raw file format as well for their newer handsets, and there are quite a lot of apps that already will take advantage of this. So when you shoot raw, essentially you're blocking the iPhone's internal processor from doing all of the processing and adjusting that it normally would automatically do to a photograph. And it literally gives you the raw unprocessed result of what the camera sees. This can be an advantage if you want to have greater control over editing things like exposure and color in post-production, but the built-in iPhone camera will not shoot raw at the moment. So you do need to download an additional app if that's something you're interested in. For most people, I would say it's not something you need to worry about. When it comes to Instagram, you don't need to have the raw files to be creating the results you want. Okay, one of the tips I use most often 
If you're trying to take a picture and the shutter release on the screen is not convenient for any reason, you can take a picture triggering it in a couple of other ways. So you can use the side volume controls on your phone up or down to take a picture. So if you're trying to take a selfie, much easier to hold that than try and get your thumb round onto the screen. You can also use the iPhone headphones to trigger the shutter release. The volume controls on that do the exact same thing. That one's really useful if you need to be a little bit further away from the camera or you don't want to get camera shake. And you can even hold the volume buttons down and it will take a whole burst just like the shutter release. If you want to take a lot of self-portraits with your phone, I would say it's probably worth purchasing a little Bluetooth remote. They're really cheap. You can get them for under £5 online. And you want one that's not too conspicuous, not too brightly coloured, so it's not going to show up in your hand in the pictures that you get. Otherwise, I would say just use the self-timer. It is built into most of the smartphone camera apps, but if you want extra control and a few more options, there's some really good third-party free apps that you can get as well. And then just get creative about where you're putting your phone. So you can use an empty water glass. The lens sees straight through it and you get a really steady shot. You can use masking tape. You can use blue tack. The amount of places I've balanced my phone unconventionally but got an amazing picture as a result. So don't be afraid to play around with it. There's also something called a Gorilla Tripod, which you can get really cheaply. They're about £10 online for a smartphone one. And it has three very bendy legs. So the idea is that they can kind of wrap around things like fence posts or uh, the edge of a shelf or anything like that that might be a bit of an unconventional place to fit a camera mount. But then you're able to get a really steady shot from that as well. If you want to get your hands in shot, there's a few options for this. You know those see what I see kind of pictures we see on Instagram a lot where someone's maybe working or they're enjoying a cup of coffee and all we see is their hands and we're kind of looking through their eyes. If you want to take a shot like this, the easiest way is to hold your phone between your teeth and set the self timer to the 10 second option. This looks a little bit ridiculous, but I swear it works so, so well. So you put the phone between your teeth, bite down like it's a biscuit, tap the screen. You can kind of see it if you look down, tap the screen so you've got the focus set for where you want it and then hit the shutter button. The 10 second timer will start and you can then got 10 seconds to get your hands into the picture and put them where you want them to be. It is easier than it sounds. Um, and I have a hashtag for people who do this. I call it grin and share it. And you can put that into Instagram and see a lot of people who've taken some awesome pictures this way. There's also a picture from somebody who kindly shared a picture of them doing it in the course notes if you want to just kind of get a visual on what this looks like. The other option, of course, is one of those gorilla tripods. So again, if you're going to be doing this a lot, if you want to do things like time lapses of yourself at work, it's probably worth investing in one of those and maybe even setting something up on your ceiling. So I have in a couple of places in my house, just really simple cup hooks in my ceiling. They're invisible most of the time, but I can hang a gorilla tripod really easily off one of those and get really steady shots without having to go to too much trouble. Finally, post-production. I never would post a picture to my Instagram gallery without tweaking it and making it my own in an editing app first. So we're going to be looking at this in a separate section in a coming week, how to make the most of your pictures, whatever you've taken them with, to get them exactly where you want them before you stick them online.